At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Happy Thursday, Raider Nation. It's time. For Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Scockle Branson, Mo Moten with you. Thanks for being with us. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the show. If you already don't do it, don't go out and have to get the show. Just subscribe to it. It'll be pushed right to you. And every time we drop a new show, it will be delivered right to your device. So go ahead and do that. Uh, if you click on the link below in the description, it takes you specifically, whatever device you have, an iPhone, Android, whatever you're on, an iPad, a Microsoft tablet, doesn't matter. It'll take you to the right link so that you can subscribe to the show. And now, as always, I bring in my buddy, my broadcast partner, the Baron of Brooklyn, the Archduke of Avocado. If you don't know what that means... You'll soon know if you're a new listener. If you're an old listener, I'm not an old listener. I'm probably the only old listener. But if you're a returning listener, you kind of know what that means. But anyway, Mo, we're back. It is NFL season officially. Everybody's in camp. The Raiders have been there a little bit longer, obviously, with the Hall of Fame game coming. But lots to talk about. No offseason slowness. There's lots of news and that includes with the Raiders. Uh, but how's your week going, man? You're busy with your Bleacher Report duties. Mo is a writer over at Bleacher Report, covers the entire NFL, as well as being the Raiders columnist over at SportsNot.com. Getting busy now, my friend, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of retirements. Uh, coaches <laughs> devising, well, sharing their plans with, with the media, which you should take with a grain of salt at this point in July. But as you said, we're a week away from the Raiders Hall of Fame game against the Jaguars. Coming up on a lot of stuff going on. Raiders offensive line. I'm sure we're going to get into that. But yes. there is a lot to unpack today. Well, and and Mo, let's switch to that because um, obviously uh, some news. You talked about retirements in the Raider camp as well. We heard uh, this week earlier this week, Denzel Good. So the Raiders already question marks on offensive line. Denzel Good gets added to the retirement uh, injury list, if you will, and uh, it appears he may be done, but who knows? He could come back. This goes back to, and I didn't bring the image with me on the show tonight, but I should have, the Mostradamus image, <laughs> where you talked about Denzel Good, and you even took some heat from some people, but you called it. You said, hey, listen, at his age, 
listen, I'm 52. He's 31. I know that relatively is young. But in football years, especially for a guy in the trenches, coming off that kind of injury, nothing was guaranteed. And so you called attention to that and said, hey, we're going to have to see what happens. And sure enough, he can't go. Good dude. We wish him the best. But this kind of throws the plans and all that you and I have talked about on this show when we did the position breakdown on offensive line, this kind of throws a little monkey wrench into all of it, and we now have to consider what the Raiders are going to do and some and some different rotations there at offensive line. Yeah, just full disclosure, Denzel Good basically said he wants to uh, turn his focus to this, and football wouldn't let him do that. So he wanted to just take some time away from the game and turn it to the things that matter, a.k.a. your family. So... We wish Denzel good the best, but as you said, I, I felt like he was a bit of a question mark. I left him off a lot of my 53-man depth charts because I feel like the injury would factor into his recovery. And being a 340, 350-pound man coming off of a torn ACL, I felt like he wasn't a guarantee, although some people felt like he was a lock to start at right guard. Now, if he hadn't retired, then maybe he would have been the right guard. But the fact of the matter is now the Raiders have to have plan B. At plan B looks like it could be Lester Cotton, who's stirred a lot of buzz. Richie Incognito, who also retired this offseason, sung Lester Cotton's praises. And I think it may be time for him to make a move up the depth chart. Yeah, and, and the thing with Lester Cotton, I want to I caution people there, too, because um, when I was at camp, uh, uh, the first camp 2020 in Las Vegas, the guy looked amazing, right? He was out there. Uh, it was during the COVID year. And he looked great. Last year in training camp, also good buzz about Lester Cotton as well. So, again, here we are. Now, I'm not doubting that he can step up because I've always liked him. Uh, you go back to uh, Hondo Carpenter over at SNI, him and I sitting on the sidelines saying, man, this guy, if this guy can put it together, he really could be a difference maker for this team in, on an offensive line that had so many question marks even then. But it's early, right? So we're seeing – with all due respect, we're seeing reporters talking about how Lester Cotton looks great and all this kind of stuff, but we've been there before. It's going to take a little more time to see, and even some game action, I think, uh, to do that. But this certainly throws the positioning into a little bit of a tizzy, as I said earlier. And you dare, you dare, Mo, to tell people that, hey, you know what? As you also talked about, uh, maybe, just maybe, Alex Leatherwood goes back to guard, uh, and we're looking at a right tackle situation with a different name. Talk about that opinion and how that created a little bit of buzz this week as well. Yeah, I've been suggesting that Alex Leatherwood is a guard. And I've been suggesting that since the day that the, the Raiders drafted him at 17th overall, I believe it was, last year. I feel like he would be an NFL guard instead of a tackle. Uh, a lot of people push back on me on that because they, they're holding out hope that he's like Colton Miller, where he struggles his rookie year, turns out to be a pretty good tackle. And that could happen. But I will caution people that Colton Miller's struggles were different than Alex Leatherwood's struggles. Colton Miller played through an MCL sprain. He injured his knee during the year, I believe, against the Cleveland Browns. So he battled an injury. With Alex Leatherwood, he switched positions after, after week four. So he had some instability there. But again, I think there was him coming into the league, there was some discussion of is, is he a guard or, or a tackle? When Colton mm -hmm. Miller came in, everyone said he's a tackle. Is can he play up to his potential because he has the athleticism? Can he, can he be strong and stand in there against bull rushing edge rushers? That was the question of Colton Miller. It wasn't his position. With Leatherwood, people said that he he's, he could be a guard. So 
The Raiders have right. to figure it out, and they will figure it out during the train during training camp, and we'll see where he ends up. But I still think he's going to be a guard. And 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 I'm glad you brought that up because the conversation amongst fans overall has been well. Colton Miller did it, and and you pointed out the differences there. And I think it's really important. Not every player who might struggle when they get into the NFL, and a lot of players do it. It's a big adjustment. Yes, there are guys who go and they don't skip a beat. But that really is the exception. When you look at a player, especially on the offensive line like that, and at that position, at the tackle position in the NFL, with the speed you're dealing with across the line on defenses, guys you're going against, and we're going to hear later on from um, from Brandon Parker with some sound from one of the press conferences earlier in the week where he talks about it. you go up against Hall of Famers and you're a rookie, right? And so I think the difference there, people have to consider it. It's not that you're saying Alex Leatherwood can't come along and develop, but clearly he was moved in the position we saw through the entire second John Gruden regime, players being overdrafted and players moving into positions. I mean, we saw it with offensive players too, putting them into Lynn Bowden Jr., putting him into a position where was he really going to succeed? Probably not. And sure enough, look what happened. And I think that's what fans have to always consider is the situation and how they're different from one another. But certainly Colton Miller came along. He's turned into a very fine player. And Alex Leatherwood may. But if you look at the skill set, again, you're right. The guard position seems well-suited or more suited to his ability. Yeah, he had a presser last year after he moved to guard, and they asked him how was that transition from tackle to guard, and he kind of liked having less space between him and, and the person he's battling against in the trenches. So he he kind of feels comfortable in a phone booth, so to speak, versus out on an island going yeah. against a TJ Watt or, or a player of that caliber. So, again, I, I, I feel like he could still be a guard. He may start the season as a tackle, and we'll see if he sinks or swims. But not to ring any alarm bells, I, I had a piece out, and Peter King of NBC Sports said that Alex Leatherwood was basically the backup tackle behind Brandon Parker. Now, that's going to mm -hmm. make a lot of Raiders fans scream and bang their head against the wall, but he was trailing Brandon Parker in the battle for the, for the right tackle spot. Big Tavier of The Athletic also said that, you know, basically Alex Leatherwood is not, not a lock to start there because based on his observations, Brandon Parker had more reps as a starting right tackle than Alex Leatherwood. Now that's a lot different than we, we heard out of OTAs at OTAs. We heard nothing, but okay. Alex Leatherwood is getting most of the reps with the first team. He's getting all the reps with the first team at right tackle, but I find it strange to get to train where there are more eyes on, on the Raiders practices. And now we're hearing that, Oh, maybe he's the backup now. Yeah. And, and some other names too, Mo, I want to talk about it. fans have been really, cause there's been some, some good reports around the hustle and the work ethic of, of draft pick Dylan Parham. Uh, he's come out, but what we hear out of camp with him is they're moving him around a lot, kind of searching for where he may uh, offer some value. What about him and what we've heard, we've seen him play at right guard, right? Uh, and we've seen him move around. So clearly the, with a rookie coming into camp, the coaching staff is looking to see and find out where he might develop and where they might use him. What are we hearing so far about, uh, about Parham and what he might be able to do for this team on that offensive line? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, I think as of right now, he's getting a lot of the backup reps at at the guard positions and at center. It seems as though Andre James is going to be the starting center, but Parham could push him if if it's close during training camp. But I think Parham's best shot to start is probably at the right guard position where there's a vacancy because... It seems that right now his top competition is Lester Cotton because from what I've read and heard, Alex Otherwood hasn't got any significant reps at right guard yet. So they they seem to be trying him out of tackle for now. But we'll see what happens. Again, we're we're just in July right now. There's a lot of ways to go. But Parham, as far as he goes, I think he can wind up being the right guard. Because, I, again, I think James is at a center. I think at left guard, you're going to have John Simpson. Uh, they have the experience there. They got a year in as full-time starters. Parham was the right guard last year. He started off as a left guard at Memphis, moved to right tackle, I believe, his junior year, then moved to right guard his last year. So, you know, he could pick up some momentum from his senior year at Memphis and and actually win that job, especially now that it's wide open. And Lester Cotton has five career snaps on the pro level. He's been on and off the Raiders practice squad. So it's not like Dylan Parham has to go over anyone experienced or a star right guard to get that position. Now, the good news, Mo, is it's early. <laughs> they just got into pads uh, yep. uh, this week. Um, and so so there's there's time, and we're, we're going to have to see what happens over the next week. But next week, they're going to roll into what is a game week, right, for a lot of these young guys and a lot of these positional players where they're trying to figure out where they're going to fit them in. And so I think as we head towards the game in Canton next week, we'll know a little bit more but early on, how concerned, I mean, with Denzel Good stepping aside and retiring, um, you look at this, there was concerns going in. Now you're a player down, and uh, the Raiders have made some minor signings, nobody of note. But at the same time, um, the worry is still there. Now you have one body gone. Yes, he was a question mark, but he's a veteran. Um, when do Raider fans need to get more concerned if we still hear of a lot of guys moving in and out in rotation uh, as we head further into camp? I wouldn't be concerned until it's the last preseason game before cuts and you're still wondering who's your right guard, who's your right tackle. If it's not clear by the end of August, then you have a problem because I are, it, whether Denzel Good had, had been on the roster or not, I circled right guard as an issue because, as I said, you just can't count on a guy over the, uh, on the wrong side of 30 years old coming back from a 20 CL to, to play at tip-top shape and right guard. I feel like that position was going to be question mark anyway. But now that you don't have much experience, a lot of fans are wondering, why don't the Raiders just bring in Darrell Williams? And I've said Darrell Williams' name 150 times, and I still think they should <laughs> sign him because he could play both right guard and right tackle. But the, the impression I get from the Raiders, and no one has told me this, so this is not a rumor. Don't run with this to the to the newswire or anything. But <laughs> the, the impression I get is that the Raiders want to see what they have in the building first before they go out and sign someone. They're not going to hit the panic, bu- panic button yet because, as you said, this week on Wednesday, they just had their first padded practice. So there's really no reason to panic yet and see, until you see what guys look like in full pads and maybe get them in at least one preseason game. And the Daryl Williams situation, and you have for weeks talked about Daryl Williams <laughs> on this show. You have. You have. You said, hey, here's a guy. Um, 
how, but now you're going to start with, with all of the teams in camp, you're going to start having injuries. You're going to start having these retirements or, or teams moving on from offensive line. We've already seen it in other spots. How long is Daryl Williams mm-hmm. going to be out there? Who knows? Because we don't know why he's still available. And a lot of people mm-hmm. saying, well, if Daryl Williams is that good. And I, and I say to those people, why are you assuming? How do we know <laughs> Daryl Williams doesn't have five offers on the table and he's his time? Right. Some guys just don't want to be at camp. Some That's guys a... purpose wait because yeah. they want to skip OTAs and mandatory minicap. And they just want to get in later because they're older vets. And some guys are just contemplating their options. Chris Harris Jr. came out recently and said he has five teams interested in him. Has not signed with the team yet. So let's not assume because Darrell Williams is available that no one wants him. He may have multiple offers and he just may be biding his time. Yeah, and, and that's it too. I think people, fans panic, right? Because <laughs> they want to know their team's going to go into the regular yeah. season at full strength and feel good about it, especially this Raiders offense, which everyone is excited about, and they should be, right, to be clear. At the same time, you're right. There's time here, mm-hmm. and, yeah, a Darrell Williams would be great, supposedly, if he's in great shape and he's healthy and all that stuff, but we'll have to see what happens. The other thing, before we go to the first break mode, too, we're also hearing, uh, and it's hard to know because we're not on the ground there, but we hear a lot of talk about the Raiders secondary again, and some of it's been very positive, and then some of it's just been kind of, ah. That's the same question mark we don't have. I think we need a few more days. There's been so much focus, I think, uh, in coverage of the Raiders around the offensive line and some of what's happening there with the offense. And, of course, Devonta Adams being in camp, and, of course, Mac Hollins being the jokester that he is and the, the unique guy he is. We've heard a lot about that on Wednesday. The special teams guys had a press conference, and there was jokes told about how they talk about animals together, all kinds of crazy stuff uh, from Daniel Carlson, who's a funny dude. Um, and so so you get that, but I think that's what we need to also watch out for. Those two key areas, offensive line, which we just spent a whole segment talking about, and then that uh, defensive backfield, which I just haven't gotten. We haven't gotten a lot of information from eyes on the ground yet. Yeah, it's, it's as you said at the beginning of the show, it's still early. No need to hit the panic button yet. Until The only time you need to hit the, hit the panic button if, God forbid, one of your star or key In- players goes down with a serious injury. Yeah, That is the yeah. only time you need to panic at this point because during the summer, this is the time where you now experiment with what you have and where these guys can play because you're just feeling it out. So I, I would say if you're, if you're hitting the panic button now, just give it a week or two. Give it two, three weeks maybe. Yeah, and uh, all right, we're going to step aside. Well said. We're going to step aside for our first break. When we come back, we're going to, again, yes, Mo started another firestorm. He's, he's good at that. Have you, have, you, have you noticed? So when we come back, we're going to talk about that, and that has to do with, to me, the two words that define this camp for the Raiders, and it's an incredible positive, okay, and that is focus and discipline. So when we come back, we'll go through that. We'll talk about Mo's latest piece where he wrote about this, which also caused some angst among some of you. Uh, and we'll get to that when we come back. Again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You find the link below, whether you're listening to us audio-wise, wherever you get your podcast, you can link right to it there. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, it's listed below in the, in the description. Also, for those of you watching, I'm wearing the new Silver and Black Today Show t-shirt Yes, merchandise. You can click on that below, too, if you'd like to pick up one of these puppies as well. 
All right, we'll be back in just a minute here on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Do not, do not go anywhere. <laughs> 